You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's celebratory, feeling very Gucci, unk. And it's your boy, 35. 35-35, All-American. And it's your boy, Dapper Dakota Dan. Dapper Dakota Dan. What's going on, Dakota Dan? How was the co- the Dakotas? Did you go to both? I'm, I'm, still, I'm still here. I'm in, I'm in Fargo right now. So started off in Wyoming, went through South Dakota, up in North Dakota, heading back tomorrow, boys. But it's uh, it's pretty up here. But I'm ready to get back, back to Florida. It's a little cold, a little chilly up here already. So everyone needs to be back in the heat. You're on the Caucasity tour. That's right. That's right. That's exactly it. You know, I, I don't think any, I don't think anything summarized the Caucasity more than on Saturday when you guys were celebrating the Auburn win and we were talking a little bit about this show. And then I just sent you a random picture of a bison. I said, guys, what do you think? <laughs> Man, I didn't even know what the hell it was. That's the, that's the first problem. I really ain't know I'm, like, I'm, 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 sitting, I'm sitting on the mod couch. I'm like, Man, your boy, your boy dancing those fucking water buffaloes, bro. I don't know what's going on right now. And you try to point, celebrate a big win right now. <laughs> and at that point, I don't even. Shit, I bet, water buffalo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just. Man, what, man? <laughs> what <laughs> is he doing? I realized after that was probably not the best time to send it because I didn't even say anything about the game or anything else. <laughs> guys, what do you think of this oh, big buffalo that I saw? Oh, but, we uh, just went from we oh, just went man. from three rounds healing the game to a water buffalo. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the caucasity, you know, that's the thing. That's why you guys keep me around. You just never know what you're going to get. All right. Hey, hey, my best time. Uh, let's go. Homecoming was amazing. Damn, I'm, I'm, I'm mad you missed it, but yeah, you had man. a great time uh, checking out the water buffaloes. But homecoming <laughs> was amazing. Tell me more about it, boys. Well, we started off at uh, Friday night. We pulled into town. I, I linked up with Black. Come through his, go through his crib. We ended up going to the. Uh, we all linked up to have something to eat at Buffalo Wild Wings or House of Wings. One of those wing houses. We had some wings. And then we went down to our event downtown. I'm telling you my favorite part of the weekend, though. You know what I'm saying? Of course, the game, outside of the game. So we walk in. We're leaving the game from uh, Andy's tailgate. We walk in, and Black had already told us, he's like, yo, man, like, I'm going to stop somebody. We can give us a ride. It was me, him, Major, and Cam. So after we walk in a little bit, uh, Black waved down the truck. Truck stopped. Black tell him who, who, they, who he is. We jump on the back. Before Major got on, he's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm Major right. So we, we sit on the back of the truck. We're just riding along. Next thing you know, the back window opens. <laughs> and this guy says, this guy says, hey, you mean to tell me 30, 35 and 21 on the back of my bed? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I don't need a drink. This man say, y'all want a beer? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw cold that shit, Dan. I don't need a drink. Yeah. Oh my god. Hey man, one of the guys was from Texas, man. Them dudes was them dudes was happy as hell to know that uh Ahmad and Majors on the back of their truck. And they saved our, our night because we was about to walk about 10 miles yeah, to the back to our vehicle. They saved it, man. man. I, 
We were like, man, yeah, just take us up to the Publix. But, you know, dude was like, nah, I'm going to take you to your car. And I'm like, shit, well, hey. They, 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 he would have been your personal Uber or valet for the entire night. You guys missed out on an opportunity there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, just wait for, me, wait for me here. I'm going to go do some water moccasins. I'm going to go do some drugs, <laughs> swamp, dog. My boy, my, boy, look, my boy was ready. He hopped out, they both hopped out the car so fast. We took the pictures. I was just so glad they got us to the car because I didn't feel like, well, that was gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, it was about to be a long night of, of uh, footing it back to the vehicle, man. But uh, Black, what's your favorite moment? Uh, my favorite moment moment had to be you know just uh, you know hanging out with you guys in, in the bars and stuff, man. And um, the, the uh, White Buffalo, you know, White Buffalo. Was, was, yeah, White Buffalo was slapping. White Buffalo was slapping. Man, we fell. Yeah. Like, speaking speaking of Buffalo, right? <laughs> yeah, you the uh, old Buffalo, right? Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we in White Buffalo, man, and uh, you know, just hanging out with with the fellas, and you know, I had a few uh, few few people in town, a few friends in town. Shout out to the Lockwoods. Um, I had them in town, and uh, we were just hanging out. So, you know, that, that was about you know the best time um, besides the game uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, plus when we got back to the crib and hanging out. So tell me about the tell me about the game. Uh, Black, you were on the sideline. So it looked like you guys had some pretty good seats. It was loud, Dan. Um, yeah, from, you know, from the from the jump, man. When, when Freddie Swain caught that pass, um, and yes. got got in his own, Dan, that was a different type of loud, Dan. Yeah, bro, it was different. Like LSU last year was loud and insane to me. This year, bro, we had about three or four moments where big plays happened, and that thing was like rocking. Damn, that shit was loud. So we, I, I'm, here I for it. I'm here for it. I, I embraced it. And I, you know, you know, I, I, I told them I'm, I'm the YG of the, of the Gators, man. I'm at the home games. When the boys score, wait, when y'all score, find me, man. No, my wife said, my wife said, why every time they score, I see a model on TV. It's a party in the swamp every time. Y'all oh, really? having fun in the stands on the sideline. It's a party. We I'm gonna tell you what, bro. The sidelines, they, they look lit, but I'm gonna tell you what. I'm never gonna sit again. The student section, bro. Uh, nah. No, nah, no, 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 no. Don't ever do it, Dan. I, I, so ever since I graduated, I've not been able to do it. I mean, they're standing the whole game. It's hot. People are pushing oh, each ignorant. other over. People are cramming yes. in. It's ignorant in there. But we had we had some nosebleed seats. Man, TJ grabbed some seats last minute uh, off of Twitter. Just yeah. to get in the stadium, I, I I didn't really want to go in the game, but we got a good deal. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh, while we was on the top, somebody hit us up. I was like, hey, I can get y'all into the student section. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go down there. I had no idea. I never been in the student section. The yeah. minute I walked, the minute I walked in, I told TJ, I said, bro, I think this was a bad idea. Like the seats are close. <laughs> They're close seats, but yeah. it looks. I'm just thinking it looks crowded. I'm not thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person. I'm like, it looks crowded. I'm like, whatever, good seats. So the first quarter goes by. I noticed they hadn't sat down between plays and timeouts and commercial breaks. Right. For, at, at the end of the first quarter, you know, uh, it's a break time. I figure everybody's going to refresh, sit down, and regroup. Bro, I, I stooped down, get off the bench to sit down, and I noticed that <laughs> nobody else was sitting down. So I look up at my dog, Chloe, uh, UF grad. She was over there with us. I said, hey, what's up? Like, nobody sitting there no, they don't sit down in the student section. I was like, oh, my God, this is a terrible <laughs> idea, bro. It was so hot, Dan. That, that was an awful idea. That was a terrible idea. Terrible oh, idea. Man. All right, so what was the uh, what was the best part of the game? 
was it the uh, was it that first touchdown? Was it the P Ryan uh, run? What was what was your favorite part in the swamp? I, I think I, nah, I think it was Sean Davis pick because that that thing was clutch, boy. Yeah, you hear me? I think that was Sean Davis. because you know, when he picked that thing off, that just turned the whole game around. You know, still my favorite moment still got to be the P Ryan run, bro. It was just like he was due for one, and I and I called it before it happened. That was the amazing part. Like, yeah, everybody in that section was like, "Why we keep running the ball?" I told TJ, I was like, "Bro." We gotta keep running the ball because the the it was it was one tackle uh, several times before that happened. We was one breaking one tackle, was one one tackle break away from taking it to the crib. I was like, we gotta keep running at this front because they're not respecting the run. Two plays later, bro, Lamichael P Ryan breaks the tackle, and, and the rest is history. But Lamichael P Ryan's beginning. I don't, I'm not gonna say a lot of criticism, but a lot of people been questioning his running ethic, his yeah. uh, efforts. And um, mm-hmm. has he lost a step? We all we all said that Damian Pierce was running better than which he was. But I just think it was a great moment for the team. The Michael P. Ryan, the fans went berserk, and it was absolutely probably his loudest point was 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 at that moment, man. So that was my favorite part, bro. Yeah, I saw. So I watched the game in Rapid City, South Dakota. You've probably never heard of it. I hadn't either. So I had to. I, I looked on uh, online. I was like, "Well, where's a good sports bar in the area?" So found one a couple blocks from my hotel. Walked over there. I said, "Hey, can you uh, turn on you a Florida Gator horse? game?" No. <laughs> so I was like, "Hey, can you turn on a Florida Gator game?" He's like, "I've been here four years, and this is the first time I've ever heard somebody ask me for a Florida Gator game." I'm like, less talking, <laughs> more TV changing. Um, so I caught it right. Uh, Right when Swain, so I was listening to Mick Hubert in the car or on the uh, the walkover, and then I uh, and then caught the uh, the the Freddie Swain touchdown. But uh, it, it looked like an unbelievable atmosphere, man. I mean, the, the stadium looked packed from the beginning. Uh, but you know that Sean Davis touchdown or that Sean Davis interception, and then that uh, that P Ryan touchdown. There's a video going around where somebody dubbed out all the audio except for the crowd noise. Um, and so you, it's, it's funny to watch, you know, fan reaction. So he'll break the first tackle and the fans are like, Oh, okay. But then it looks yeah. like the, yeah. the linebackers or, or cornerbacks, whoever it was, were closing in on him. And then he broke that tackle. And there's always like a half a second delay from like when something happens. So when the crowd cheers and then it just gets electric, man, it, it would have been bro. an awesome game to be at. Wow, bro. bro, I had chills. That's I, had, uh, I, I was still, I was still a little off. Like if people saw pictures of me on TV or whatever, man. It was people still cheering. I was still just standing there, like I was just in awe, bro. It was, so it was loud. that when 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 P Ryan scored. It just that's when what Urban used to always say is when they check out, and then and when P Ryan yeah. checked out, bro, they did not want none of that shit no more, bro. Yeah, they did not. No, want it was just that wild. Shit. It was wild to me because I, I was told last week that there was no chance that Florida could ever be ahead of two scores on Auburn. And so I was like, surely this is coming back. But no, then we were up 11 points. And I'm like, man, I think we yeah, got to get back. Yeah, let's go ahead and get right into the game then. Um, hey, as the always, be, hey, before yeah. we get started, so got to give a shout out to our friends at, uh, at South Georgia Pecan Company. They're oh, always really? uh, good, good people over there. Um, you know, it's holiday season coming up. It's uh, Thanksgiving time. Uh, maybe you want to give out trick-or-treaters, maybe something a little bit different than candy. Whatever you want to do, give our friends over at South Georgia Pecan a call, georgiapecan.com. Uh, great people over there. Um, use our coupon code. Um, it's SGP10. The number is uh, one zero off at uh, georgiapecan.com or give them a call at 800-732-2646. Again, 
South Georgia Pecan Company, georgiapecan.com. So, so, um, start us off. Yeah, before we get into it, bro, don't get anybody pecans for Halloween, bro. These kids are going to egg your house. Don't do that I'm, at all. I'm and go, just trying to think of different ways to buy pecans, you know? <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I'm just here for people buying pecans. I'm not here Absolutely. for the result, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel you, bro. I just had to get, give that disclaimer for the people. <laughs> Uh, so let's get into it, man. SEC Offensive Player of the Week was Freddie Swain. Defensive Player of the Week was uh, Sean Davis. Sean Davis, yeah. So shout out to both of those guys for, for playing a hell of a game. Dan, who you got besides those two for Offensive play, offensive and Defensive Player of the Week? And then off to Black next. Uh, yeah, I think on defense, I think David Reese uh, played well. I think he led the team in tackles. He actually leads the SEC in tackles, but I thought he did uh, a lot. But, uh, you know, I would say him or, or Jonathan uh, Grenard. Jonathan Grenard was in the back. Um, he was disrupting the game all game. Uh, really liked the way that he played. Uh, I think they only had two sacks on the game, but at the end of the day, you know, Jonathan Grenard was disrupting, uh, keeping Bo Nix uh, thinking and guessing and, you know, I, I think because of the way that our defense was playing and it wasn't even a heavy blitz package and maybe just because of the way that I saw the game, maybe I didn't see him all, but it didn't look like Todd Grantham was going very heavy blitz. It seemed like Florida was able to get a lot of pressure on Bo Nix with just uh, just that front uh, that front four or, or maybe a linebacker. But uh, but great game by them. And then I don't know, I might go with um, with Kyle Pitts. Uh, you can tell that there's a big connection between Kyle Pitts uh, and uh, Trask uh, on the way that they play, you know, uh, he had another big game. You know, he's slowly solidifying himself into being one of the best tight ends uh, in college football right now, or at least in the SEC. But I think he had, what, seven, eight receptions, 65 yards or so. So correct. I'm going to say him outside of Freddie Swain. What about uh, you, Black? Yeah, uh, on defense, you know, he's he's been a he's been probably some of y'all sleeper. He's a, he's a guy that comes in and, and plays hard every week. Um you know, he's made big strides from last year, uh, uh, Moon. You know, Jeremiah Moon, yeah, man. He's yeah, been a look good. Mm-hmm. Moon's been making some plays. And, uh, you know, I've been very impressed with how Moon's been playing, how how hard he's been going. Uh, it's definitely a different Moon from last year, you know, and in, in, in the year before that. So, um, I, I like Jeremiah Moon. Um, the rest of the guys on the defense play well as well. Uh, you know, but he's just one of the guys that stood out to me. I remember a Major asking me, like, man, who's, you know, who's number seven? You know, a few times, so. Uh, Jeremiah Moon, and, and then on offense, uh, I got to go with Kyle Pitts as well. Uh, Kyle Pitts made some 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 great catches down the stretch. I know on one drive we went to him like three or four times. Um, I think we turned over the ball that that drive is towards the end of the game. But uh, we uh, we uh, definitely seen a uh, uh, star in the making on Saturday. Yeah, I go with on on, on defense. I go uh, pair of defensive tackles. I go Marlon Dunlap and Adam Schuler. I think quietly, yeah. them boys have been holding their own. Uh, them standing in their run lanes and their gaps and whatnot, respecting each other's gaps, and everybody saying gap discipline was very important for the Auburn game. And those guys did a real yep. good job with, with, with standing in their lanes and, and doing what they had to do in between, between the tackles. Uh, offense, just because just I got to go with somebody different, Kyle Pitts did his, his, his thizzle as usual. But uh-huh. I'm going to go with uh, Emory Jones. Uh, yeah. Next man up is the mentality that we've been rolling with since from – from go since since Mullins got in the job, especially this season, guys go down. Whether you're a freshman, whoever you is, the backup, you got to step in and provide a spark or keep things flowing. Emory Jones came off the bench when, when Kyle Trash was looking like he probably was out for the season. He came in and we went right down the field and got some important points, man. So I'm gonna go with Emory Jones, man. A lot of people, a lot of people want to see more of Emory Jones. 
So yeah. we'll see going forward, man. Yeah, he's uh, Emory Jones is taking huge strides even from last year. You know, he, he showed yesterday, I think, in my opinion, that he could throw the ball around quite a bit. Um, you know, he had that one play where he overthrew the wide receiver uh, a bit. But uh, other than that, he looked like he had commanded the offense. And, you know, that requires the defense to have that you know, that extra, you know, set of, you know, something in the back of their mind that he can run the ball. Um, you know, I'm not sure I love the dive play every, uh, every time he runs the ball, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's progressed a lot further along than I thought. I thought he was maybe two, three years away from being a key contributor. And that's, you know, ultimately what Florida needed at the time. But when, when Trask went out and I let out some audible curse words inside of a very nice rapids, uh, whatever city I was in rapid city, South Dakota restaurant, um, you know, to see him come in and, and like you said, uh, Silk, lead him down to some some points is, is huge. And it means that, you know, he might even have a bigger role on this team because I truly think, you know, Kyle Trask leading the team, but you put Emory Jones in there with that threat to throw the ball. And, and Florida has a has a good offense, especially with, you know, six games into the season, still pretty uh, shaky offensive line. Let's get right into the quarterback talk then, Dan. Um, Emory Jones, Kyle Trask, Kyle has been doing his job Obviously, uh, moving the sticks. We've scored every first drive that he's quarterback. So every drive he started again, he came in, we went down and got points. But he is, he got some things he got to work on. He's, I, to, in my opinion, I, was, I mentioned it in previous shows and it showed his head again this week. Yeah. He's holding the ball a little too long. What's your opinion with there, Dan? And um, do you think he get it fixed or, or should we see more Emory? What's your opinion? Just to get it out there. Yeah. Have this conversation. Um, yeah, no, I think it's tough. I mean, you know, you had, what, three fumbles, um, you know, on him. Um, that's just not going to fly, you know, against LSU. It's not going to fly against Georgia. You know, Florida's really, you know, fortunate yesterday. And big shout-out to the defense. I mean, as a whole, you know, the fact that they were able to – Auburn never scored in the red zone. They, the fact that Florida had, what, three or four turnovers, and I think they only scored six points off of them. Uh, you know, big shout-out to the defense. But – um, this is my thing with Kyle Trask is I, I think it's still getting up to game speed. And I think that as the, you know, as he gets more experience, you know, that's going to allow him to get the ball out a little quicker. He's got to be able to make that reader. He has to know when there's pressure coming in, especially at that, you know, off the tackle position where, you know, we've seen less than stellar performance. He's got to know that he's either got to get rid of the ball or he's got to, you know, try to get whatever he can moving the ball forward. Uh, you know, whether it's running the ball or, or throwing it, you know, out of bounds or whatever. But, you know, what I'm seeing right now is I'm seeing him, like you said, so hold on to the ball a little too long. And, and I'm afraid that it's going to be a little too risky. Um, I still think he's your best option. Yeah. at throwing the ball, uh, you know, I think that he is a little bit more accurate than Emory Jones right now. I think that he has, you know, some really good rapport and relationships, especially with some of these guys that have been with the program, you know, two, three, four years like he has. So I'm comfortable keeping Trask in, but at the end of the day, you know, if we get in a situation where we're fumbling the ball again, I'm not ready to hand over the reins to, to Emory Jones, but I'm definitely willing to, you know, let him rent out the keys for a little bit longer than, than I would have earlier in the year. What about you, Black? Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely think trash is our best option. Uh, he, he's just got to understand when that pocket's closing down and he has, has to have that timer in his head to where he needs to either let the ball go or take what he can get. Um, and we, we can't take sacks in big games. Um, we definitely can't take sacks and that can be, you know, drive killers, you know, and, or, you know, when his arm's back, uh, he's, he's going to fumble like he did on Saturday. So, you know, he got to have that timer in his head. And we, you know, um, I, I think Emory pretty much has it, you know, he, he's more of a dual threat though. Um, but you know, in certain situations, I think we should, you know, start, you know, seeing, seeing both options that, you know, that confuses the defense. Yeah. I think 
Emory's getting that ball out fast. Uh, Cal is definitely our best option. I think Cal, you go deeper in the playbook with Cal. I think you get more reads out of Cal. I don't think Emory's going past a certain amount of reads. That's why he's getting it out so fast. And I think Dan's got a certain package for Emory. I think if Emory got the whole offense, it'll look different for him as well. But right now, Cal's our guy. I like I like Emory for coming in for 30% of, the, uh, of some snaps, getting more snaps, though. I would like to see him more in the run game. Even when he came in, the, the quarterback died, looked different. The read looked different. This is a different run game when he's in, so I would like to see him get more snaps just because of the run game for sure. Yeah, I you know I, I hope Trask is healthy. You know what I saw after him coming back in, especially the first couple plays coming back, and then I didn't notice it as much as you know when he's stepping forward, you know, and putting pressure on that that MCL. Um, that's that's the one thing that I'm concerned about. You know, I, I wonder if Florida might you know lessen his load a bit, you know, during the week this week to try to let that heal up a little bit. But definitely when he came back into the game. Um, you know, he looked like he was definitely favoring that knee a, a bit more. So that's the one thing that I'm concerned about is because if he can't step into that pass and he's not a as accurate and B is certainly not, uh, you know, can't throw the ball as far, uh, which is already a weakness that he has. So that's, that's something that I want to watch for as well. Yeah. And also he got like, he, he missed some plays out. He left some plays on the field. Uh, one, one couple overthrows across the middle that I'm going to look concerned yeah. with. Uh, he missed Swain twice over the middle. I'm just happy. Safety wasn't on top of both of those. Cause that was, those are some some high. You can't miss high over the middle. Uh, you can miss high a lot of places, but if you keep missing high there, I think that's going to something that, that's going to rear his head as well. And the turnover bracket is him throwing high and missing some guys over the middle. But overall, you can't. I mean, it's hard to complain. Um, we got the win. Uh, we got some things to clear up on the re option. He needs to pitch that one pitch to to Malik, and that's probably that's six. Touchdown. Yeah. That's touchdown, that's bro. Six. Yeah. Um, that's touchdown. We got to close the door on teams. We can't leave team that that open and and because the next play obviously was a turnover. So we got to close the door on teams when we got them on the ropes in the red zone. We got to finish those teams off. We're letting teams hang around because to be honest, in my opinion, fellas, we could have beat that team twenty four to six or something like ridiculous. Yeah, to be honest. well, I think it, yeah, Florida. If they don't turn the ball over a couple times, I mean, I think that you're even looking at bigger than that. I think you're looking at Florida sure. with maybe thirty four, thirty eight points, right? Because you know, they turned it over in the red zone once twice. or twice or close to the red zone. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, those are those are points. So it probably oh, at least remember, at least six, if not 14 we, points. We've recovered a fumble on the two yard line and got a personal foul. Yeah, that's something yeah, that. Come on, bro. That was an we, off and, the then ball. We, and then the next play, we a couple plays later, we turned the ball over. It was a fumble. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that, that's that's one of the things. That's, you know, the first time, you know, and we've talked about it on this show, you know, I think one of the things that Florida's really improved on is their lack of penalties. They're so much better than they were before. Uh, but that's one penalty that you can't have, right? There's there's no yeah. reason for that. It was an after-the-ball, you, know, you know, dead ball penalty. You know, Florida has the ball on the two-yard line to do something. And I don't, I didn't see, you know, what the penalty was. I don't think they showed it on TV. Um, but that's something that you just can't do if you're getting the ball on the two-yard line. That's You, you just you got to be smarter than that. And we, we couldn't even, at that point, we weren't even moving the ball good. So, you know, yeah. it, it, we could have quarterback sneak from the two-yard line. Absolutely. <laughs> you know that's that's yeah. an easy touchdown, you know. And yeah, I think, yeah, we got to. I think they caught him for, uh, uh, I think they caught Campbell uh, for pulling the dude off the pile or something like that. Can't yeah, he's pulling, pulling somebody off the pile that was on top of the guy. But we got to, like, we got to just take care of and be, you know, so we got to be a mature team. And that, it's going to happen every now and then. Campbell's yeah, a high sure. emotional guy. It's going to happen every now and then. But we just got to be. You know what I'm saying? A grown team. We, we, we got mature guys and leaders on our team, so we just got to be mindful of that all game. 
I want to talk about the de- the overall defensive performance, man, was one of the best defensive performances I've seen. Yeah, I don't think it's one of the best Gator defenses of all time, but as far as performances, it's one of the best performances I've seen ever by a team that got that kept get was giving short field after short field, uh, put in a lot of bad situations. They walked out of this this game with giving up thirteen points. Yeah, bro, that's crazy. We gave up one touchdown, right? One, yeah, one, absolutely crazy. So yeah, it was one touchdown and kind of a blown you know blown coverage on the you know the shading of the uh, the safety. But other than that, yeah. yeah. And we gave him a short field. So, correct. The defense, and it, it was crazy because every time they come to the sideline, we were sitting over there by him and, and, and you know, standing over there by him and uh, we were telling them, you know, keep your head up, you know, you know, you got to stay focused because, you know, it's adversity, you know, adversity strikes. You know, if, if, if you know, that, that offense turned the ball over, man, y'all got to be ready to go out there with no hesitation, with no, you know, watch the shot because, you know, yeah. usually after a turnover, the first or second play going to be a deep ball. That's what team yeah. Yep. And yeah. these guys were like, oh, it ain't no worries. You know, they not one time they, they were discouraged. Not one time they got mad at the offense. Not one time did they, mm-hmm. they blame anybody or point fingers. I heard Grantham getting in their ass and telling them, let's go. And, and that's Absolutely. all I was, you know, big so I, I was yeah. very impressed about that. Yeah, big pause. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a um, – go, go ahead. So. No, I was just going to read off some stats for, for you guys just, you know, because I think it's important to, to kind of think of the – the magnitude of what this defense is, right? I mean, there was a lot of question marks, you know, what Florida would be on defense this year. You know, we weren't exactly sure, you know, with losing polite and losing some other folks, you just weren't sure. So Florida's number one in the country in takeaways and interceptions right now. That's awesome. They had two sacks. They've had 17 straight games with a sack. Auburn was in the red zone once during the game. They ended with zero points. Florida's only allowed, listen to this, Florida's only allowed opponents to score five times in the 14 times that they've been in the red zone. Five times. So that means they're the, the zero to 20 yard line, and which is probably an automatic field goal. And teams are only scoring five times. So um, that's 35.71%, um, which is 17 percentage points, which is a, obviously a pretty large number, um, better than the second place team in the country. And then finally, you know, Auburn was averaging, you know, 251.2 yards coming into the game on Saturday, and they only ran for 109 on 33 attempts. So his defense is bend, don't break. And like you said, you were giving them a short field. You were causing turnovers. You know, they were coming off short breaks, uh, you know, in, in short rest periods. So big shout out I, to that defense. I don't even know if they're bend, but don't break because they're so aggressive. You know, like right. Ty Grantham calls them such an aggressive defense. I think it's more uh, more of a high-risk, uh, high-reward type defense. I, I, don't think I, I don't think our defensive tackles are, are anything elite. But I think everybody like, – it's just such a disciplined defense. Like, even yeah. with Schwartz and how big of a, a threat he is and big of a weapon he is, he could never get nothing on the edge. We did such a good job of containing that offense and keeping everybody boxed in. Yeah. yeah, man. It was, just so, it was just so much disciplined football going on on the back end. I was very impressed. Though. But the safety's got to get better still. Sean Davis came to play ball, but we need another guy beside him to stay disciplined and do their thing, man. So if we can find that other safety spot, Somebody to do that thing right there, man. We may have something here, bro. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think I think you made a great point there, so because you're like, I you know, I don't think Florida's defense has a bunch of, you know, all SEC guys. I mean, I think you could add Grenard. You know, we have and they did this all with Zuniga out too, right? Um, correct. You know, correct. I, I think Grenard is, is probably an all SEC guy, but you know, outside of that, you know, Florida has a lot of really good talent back there, but they're just playing their part and they're playing it well and you know they're averaging what giving up nine and a half points a game which is 
which is incredible. You know, you've played three SEC teams. You've outscored them by 40 points. Uh, you know, big shout out to Todd Grantham's defense. And, you know, I think what we saw in Saturday's game was different than, you know, what we've seen in previous games because I don't think it was as aggressive. And you guys, you know, might have saw something a little bit different, but I don't think it was as aggressive um, no, as we've seen previously. But it shows – yeah, but but shows that they can play well with that, you know, as well and, and modifying with that. So I think they're really starting to come in on their own. And I'm excited because we have the number one SEC scoring defense against the number one uh, SEC scoring offense this upcoming week, too. So this will be their opportunity to shine. It's going to be a special one. Uh, 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 Black, before we move on, give me your uh, opinion. You, you're the safety expertise on the show. <laughs> Let me get your uh, opinion on the other safety spot, man. It still seems like a struggle. Uh, we was waiting on Brad Stewart to come back to, to give us a spark. He gives he shows a little something, but nothing solid. And also that rotation. I want your opinion on that as well. Give me give me your opinion on the other safety spot and and the safety rotation that we have going on. Well, I kind of like I said before on, the, on another show, and this is just my opinion. I feel like we should you know put possibly try Trey back there. Um, I like thirty one closer to that ball. Uh, I just you know I, I want I want a dog to to come off that edge and whatnot. I also. Who's been getting better? Also, Marco. Marco's been Correct. getting better. Yeah. As, as we had some great open field tackles. Yeah, and now he's sliding. He's coming in like a missile. So I wouldn't even be surprised. I mean, but Trey's good at blitzing though. So we need somebody who, who who's solid at blitzing, who's gonna put an edge on our defense. Um, you know, whoever whoever may that be, that put him at that star spot. I just think you know Trey should be better at safety. Um, you know, but that that's not my call or my decision. You know, um, we just got a a, a good group of guys back there. Um, we got some young guys that, that that was able to get some experience where CJ was out. Um, but CJ looked kind of good as well this week, too. Yeah, everybody, I think everybody looked good. CJ gave up one play snooping in the backfield, uh, that long catch that they end up getting. But we got in, Donovan Steiner got the interception after that, so it kind of erased it. But we did give up one play on the back end. But for the most part, I mean, number three showed up, got him another interception. Uh, the rush is shaking off, dog. He's looking physical in the run game, coming up smacking shit. Excuse my language. Uh, so overall, I can't be mad, man. We just got we, got, we just got a few yeah. things we need to clean up. Uh, let's talk special teams a little bit. I think that punt was was a, was a big key part of the game. Uh, yep. That thing hung in the air forever. Yep. And it kind of yeah, hit the ground, and I don't think the returner like dropped. He didn't muff it. It just hit the ground and rolled up on him so fast he couldn't handle yeah. it. Yeah, big big shout out to Tommy Townsend on that one. You know, I, I want to talk to you guys about that fake. Um, as well in a minute but you know I think Tommy you know he had some good punts you know he had a couple that rolled into the end zone I think he had one where uh, Auburn you know the Auburn uh, returner uh, fooled the defense a lot or the, the special teams you know a little bit about where the ball was going and they you know they probably could have been able to down but other than that that was that was a great you know kick by by Tommy you know the, the biggest thing about being a punter is not just booming the ball as far as it can go it's being able to get the hang time to let in black you obviously know this as well is to give you know your 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 gunners the, the opportunity to get down there and them being there and being there in the right position um you know was huge i mean that was turning the game around you know i wish florida could have scored on that play but you know at the end of the day that that was a huge huge play for florida also another thing that uh townsend did was he held the punt one time you remember that when he just yeah that was dope yeah yeah, yeah. They, wasn't they wasn't they wasn't sending anybody yeah yeah, yeah so they wasn't sending nobody so he got his, he, he got, got uh gave time to his uh gunners to get down the field so yeah, we was able to down the ball to ten on that on that same yep. play. We downed that to ten, and they was they had a holding call which got them half distance to the goal. To the five, so they backed up to the five. That was a very key 
uh, part of the game. And Johnny Towson came to play some football this year, man. Besides from that fake punt, <laughs> everything's yeah. looking very hey, good. What are your what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, my thoughts, and I tweeted it right after. It's like sometimes you're going to get that play, and sometimes you're not. You know, you know, Florida ran that exact same play. You know, not necessarily the design same run, but you know, ran that same play against Miami. Was able to get a first down this time. I think we had a missed block, uh, and I don't remember on who it was. Um, you know, but that you know, what do you guys think? Is that a play call that that you guys would call? Do you think it was the right time, right position on the field, or? It's always a it's always a, a time for it. You gotta it's number it's a number game. So um, you know it depends on who they got in the box and what they what, who they bring in, who they not bring in. We always call it rocket option. So um, we we always had the option. Chaz had the option of kicking it or, or uh, running with it. Here's my take on it. Do we know? I think I think, I think they, it's got to be some situational football. And sometimes you tell that guy, hey. Just punt the ball. I don't care what they do because the, their offense just couldn't move the ball. And I think it was just not a good football play. I don't care who's in charge of the decision. I just think it wasn't a good football play just because we're winning that game. We're controlling the game. Their offense hasn't dri- driven the ball a single time. Make them go the distance of the field and right. just play defense. Right. Let our defense gets, get us the ball back like it has done the whole game. So that's the only reason I don't like it. I think it needs to be some situational stuff where you just say, because I'm, I'm pretty sure in some situations he tell Kyle Trask, hey, no matter what, keep this ball on, on a re-option. It's a keep, just keep it right. and kneel, or get down. So it's got to be situational football. We got to be better at that. I just think we was on the other side of the field with our back against the end zone. I don't think there was a time and place for that. Yeah, it was a little, was a little risky in my opinion. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't catch the, uh, the the press conference afterwards. I'm not sure if that was Tommy's call or if that was Dan's call or if it was a, hey, it's if you Tommy's see call. this. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a permanent, I think it's a permanent thing. He makes that read every punt, you know? So I think and, we just need to throw in some situational football. Like, hey, we're on the, on the 10. Yeah. Let's not do that. Right. <laughs> Let's just kick it out of there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah, big, big shout out to him. Big shout out to McPherson too. You know, again, you know, hitting on a field goal. I think he's made what, 24 of his 20, seven kicks and i think he even made one against kentucky that they said wasn't good but uh you know <laughs> nearly automatic you know he hasn't missed an extra point i know that that's you know something that we take for granted but you know if you remember five six years ago you know there was nothing that was uh, automatic about the kicking game so big shout out to him too because uh, that, that's huge and he's a guy that you can rely on which probably allows florida to be a little bit more aggressive when they're at the you know, 25 to 35 yard line of the opponents to, to try to get that score. But they also know, hey, if we don't, we've got a kicker we can rely on. So big shout out to him as well. All right. Uh, before we get into this LSU preview, um, put some respect on my man Todd Grantham's name. You know what I'm saying? I think he got a lot of heat during the Kentucky game and also a little bit of heat during the Miami game about the defense and the performance and I think some, sometimes the fans get a little ahead of themselves, man. Todd Grantham is an elite defensive coordinator. I think when he's doing the job he's doing with our defense this year, it's a blessing we didn't lose him to the NFL last year. I think it's a big part of our season right now. We're relying sure. on that defense to get us the ball back a lot. Definitely, definitely. I mean, these guys, go, they it's like they're hungry every game. They get hungrier and hungrier every game. And he's going, they're going out to play and they're buying into the program. I, I love how we're how we getting better every single week. And we're, what we always say, that we don't got to be the best in the nation. We just got to win the game. And, and you know, I love, I, I'll take yep. the underdog role. Give us the underdog role. We'll Already. Take- Especially in the swamp. Like, I don't know what them people were saying. I don't know what they thought. This mm-hmm. was, no. All right. Before this, we're going to get to this Georgia. I mean, I'm sorry. We finna, I got Georgia on my mind. <laughs> we're going to get to this uh, LSU preview, man. It's brought to you by the good folks at Gator Kicks. 
Uh, any kicks you need customized, you need you need the fly shorts that my man Maya had on at the at the homecoming this weekend. I gotta get them shorts, bro. They was too fresh. I gotta get me a pair. You like them? Yeah. Everybody, everybody was everybody. Yeah, they dapper. I gotta get me a pair. Um, <laughs> if you need some, the, the, the mother, you need the say, Mods form. entire outfit was 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 Gator kicks. Yeah, Gator yeah, kicks was all. <laughs> Gator kicks sponsored me this weekend, so I appreciate the whole weekend. Hello, hello fresh. Weekend. I ain't getting no legendary shit done, bro. Even though I'm an All-American, as like my man George Rice said last week, <laughs> I don't have any All-American gear. So, hey, Gator Kiss, y'all holler at me, man. Let me get some um, All-American gear, bro. You heard the man. Yeah, I, I, I need some more shirts, man. Hey, Gator Kiss, let me know when they hot off the press with the white tees. Man, I need the white. <laughs> okay, we got... Uh... We got, a, we got a writer coming on to kick it with us. Brody Miller from The Athletic. LSU guy. So let's bring him on. Let's chop it up and see what he got to say about LSU in the matchup. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is Brody Miller from The Athletic. Brody, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. So we've got a, a big matchup in Death Valley this weekend between number five and number seven. Uh, Primetime uh, matchup. Brody, tell us a little bit about what you expect and, and, and kind of what Florida fans can expect out of LSU in that game. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a very different LSU offense than Florida fans saw last year. That's for sure. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's an LSU offense that right now is you know, number one, two, or three in the country, depending on what, what metrics you're looking at. And I think I really think this game is going to be fascinating because, you know, we did see that Florida pass rush and Todd Grantham's defense just cause havoc on, on LSU's offensive line last year. And, and Joe Bur- I mean, I think it was 11 tackles for loss. And yeah. it's generally the same offensive line. It's not really any, any – it's, it's a little better, not drastically. So I still think Florida can – and should certainly win that battle. But I think the biggest difference you'll see is it's such a different looking LSU offense now that they'll get the ball out faster. You know, they'll, they'll get the ball out. Joe Burrow is kind of like a machine right now. He's getting the ball out in one, two seconds and hitting this loaded receiving corpse with ease. So I think that's the thing I'm most fascinated about watching this week. What, what changed so much from Joe Burrow? I mean, Joe Burrow was a, you know, a highly rated guy at Ohio State, transferred to LSU with a lot of fanfare. I know Florida, you know, fans were looking at him closely. Uh, went to LSU last year, had a decent year, right? Um, I feel like that's a, a good word to use for him. But yeah, this year, he's see- yeah, it seems like this year he's, you know, lighting the world on fire. What what changed so much in the last nine months or so? Yeah, it really is fascinating, right? Because, I mean, he was, he was, he was solid. You know, he was okay. He won them 10 games. You know, he did his job. And, he was always a really smart guy. He always knew that. He knew he was tough. He knew he was a good athlete. He could do some good things. But he was never – like, he's making throws this year that he simply wasn't physically able to make last year, right? Like, some of these throws were sitting 40 yards downfield, right on a dime in the perfect spot in the back shoulder. He just flat out wasn't able to make that. And I think, uh, I think you know, there are a few different things that factor into it. I think, for one, you know, I think some of it is he didn't play competitive, you know, like real college football for – pretty much since they've played real football since high school, if you think about it. So right. I think there was just a lot of little nuances of the game that kind of, you know, got lost with him. And I think one of those things is footwork. Footwork used to be like one of his calling cards. You know, he's not somebody with a super strong arm, but that used to be one of his best traits. And I think, you know, being new to all of this and kind of readjusting, I think he'll tell you he got away from his footwork and really made a lot of mistakes 
footwork wise. And that was the number one thing he went to work on this year. And, and you know, you, you read the things about the Tom Brady's and the, the Drew Brees of the world. I mean, the number one thing that, you know, Tom House, a 3D QB and all their high tech stuff teaches is it all starts at your feet and the power comes from there. And then it's not really arm strength. That's kind of a misnomer. So I, I think, uh, I think, footwork is a big deal of it. And also just being here for another year. It's such, it sounds like such an obvious thing, but you know, he, he arrived in May, got to know the guys for like a, you know, a month or so. And then all of a sudden was the starting quarterback. I mean, now you have a whole off season to, to actually get to know these guys. Get, I mean, they spent countless hours on timing, just sitting on, you know, working alone at the, at the facilities, getting their timing down, running routes with all these guys. And then the last piece of the puzzle is obviously this offense that Joe Brady brought in. I mean, it's, He's one of the sharper young minds in football right now. And I think this offense is just kind of perfectly made for Joe Burrow's processing ability because he is such a smart guy. I think it's a, it's a combination of all those things. What would you say is the weakness of the offense? Oh, <laughs> I can definitely say the offensive line is the weakness. I could say that pretty confidently. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I mean, the receiving core is pretty loaded right now. It's, you know, probably right behind Alabama and the SEC off the top of my head. I, I, the running backs are pretty solid and reliable. You, they all bring different things. Obviously, Burrow looks like a Heisman candidate right now. But that offensive line, I mean, it was we saw Florida dominate it, and it, there's improvement, but it's not drastic. I mean, there's still you know pass protection still a concern. They haven't really it, the, from numbers it looks better, but they have not faced a pass rush like Florida's yet. And you know the run game it's tricky because you know the numbers look good right now in the run game, but a lot of that is Clyde Edwards Hilaire actually just breaking a kind of absurd amount of tackles. For example, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is last in the SEC in yards before contact, but he's, you know, mm. I think he's number two in broken tackle percentage. So oh, wow. he's kind of okay. bailing them. He's it's crazy, right? Yeah. So they're actually like, I think number 30 something in success rate, but, <laughs> but still like, I don't think that's really accurate. Uh, I think he's bailing them out a lot. So this offensive line is something that, yeah, you know, we saw it before, and we might see it again. Where Florida can can definitely win that battle. If there's a way that Florida can win it, walk out of uh, Death Valley with a win, how do you think they pull it off? Oh, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested to hear your guys' opinion because I, I understand that Todd Grantham's kind of blitzing less this year and whatnot, and uh, and obviously Florida has the talent to to be able to cause havoc with a three or four man rush. I think that's one of the few ways you've seen teams stop this offense is. You know, sometimes you can get Joe Burrow to maybe sit in the pocket a little longer when when you have that. You know, when you when 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 teams have dropped you know seven eight guys back in coverage, the Utah State you saw them at a lot more third downs than normal because of that. Texas did it from time to time. I think you could have some success there. And when you have a pass rush like Florida's, you can get a rush without without sending pressure. I think that's probably your best bet. But on the other hand, uh, I think you know I think this is an LSU defense that. It's it's really talented. I mean, there are three or four guys that'll be first round picks in a, in a year or two, but it hasn't been really convincing yet. Teams, so I think the on the other side of the ball, the main thing is teams have been able to pass through the middle of the field against them. I mean, I haven't seen the numbers since this week, but going into Utah State, teams were completing seventy five percent of passes inside the hashes. I mean, that's and from what I understand, Dan Mullen, he likes that's where he likes to throw a lot, right? So right, and that's where I Kyle that's, Trask likes to throw the ball too. There you go. So I, I think yeah. on that side of the ball, that's your that's your best bet there. Yeah, I mean that was gonna, you know, that was my next question. Is like, should we be worried, or you know, should LSU fans be worried about the numbers they have given up on defense? Obviously, they're putting up prolific numbers on offense, but it seems like, you know, whereas this isn't the same offensive team that we're used to from LSU, it doesn't seem like it's the same defensive team too. Now, I've only watched, you know, 
one of their games against Texas. But, you know, what are you seeing on, on the defensive side of the ball? Do you think it's because their offense is scoring so much that just the defense is getting a little bit more worn out, which is why they're letting some, some yards up? Or, or what are we seeing? Because it doesn't seem like they're as, as taut as they, they've been in the past. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great question. It's something I, to be honest with you, have been really trying to figure out myself this past you know, three or four weeks. Uh, I think you have to start with the injuries. I, mean, I think, you know, that's not, you know, you know, every team has to deal with injuries in college football. So, through, I mean, they, they were without three starters last week on the defense, or four, actually. They were without, I think, five the week before that. I mean, just the injuries are really piling up where, you know, for, for about three weeks, they were playing without three of their four starters on the front four, and they lost one of their safeties, and they – you know, they, they played without starting inside linebacker for a few weeks. I think, you know, I, I just think it's naive to say that doesn't factor in. And right now it looks like they're getting pretty healthy. I mean, it's like Caleb Chase on their star pass rusher returned last week. And then, and then, uh, and then uh, Richard Lawrence and Glenn Logan, you know, there's a chance they return this week and Michael Devendi, you know, he's, he might return this week. So you're seeing this team get, get healthier. And I, I think you can't deny that that plays a huge part, especially with the pass rush that's been kind of underwhelming at times. But then you go from there, then there's tackling. There was a there was a four week stretch where tackling was kind of bizarrely just a genuine issue for this team. And and I think you you, you do start wondering, okay, is that is that because of the tempo? And you know, Ed Ojean will never admit it. And he always kind of shuts that question down when we ask about it. See the it's a good problem to have, I think, and I don't think he wants to admit that. But I definitely think that makes a difference. And the proof of that was Utah State this week. LSU slowed down their tempo. You know, they went to two-minute touchdown drives, so, you know, four-and-a-half-minute touchdown drives, and they ran the ball more, and they gave their defense a rest. And LSU's defense was dominant. They gave up, I think, 159 yards total. They, were, they didn't miss any tackles. So I think that's kind of proof that, that maybe the tempo does have a factor. And then the last thing, you know, with the defense about why it hasn't been – and perfect is that that pass issues in the middle of the field so i think of all the things i just named all of those seem fixable except you got to figure out what the problem is with that pass defense in the in the middle of the field i think that's something you know is it is it carry vincent at slot is he the problem is it is it some of these safeties have some issues or is it the zones they're playing that leaves some openings i'm not i'm not entirely sure but my overall sorry i rambled there but my my overall answer to your question is i still think it's a a good defense that when they're healthy will be you know, in the top 30 in college football, but no, I don't, but I no longer think this is going to be a top five or 10 defense that I thought it would be before the season. What do you think the scouting report is on, on Dan Mullen's offense? And now that they have two quarterbacks kind of dual thing going on, what's the scouting report uh, from LSU side? That's a really good question. Uh, I, I think I was, I wonder if they're more, they're more focused probably on, on just Dan Mullen and what Dan Mullen likes to do. Right. Because, Dan Mullen, as, as we all know, is, I mean, I think if you look back at the past seven years of college football, I don't I think Dan Mullen's the one coach who has had Dave Aranda's number the most. I mean, he, he dominated him when he was at Mississippi State, and he dominated him again last year. And obviously it wasn't from a numbers point of view, but he found exactly where to go against that defense. It kind of took him to school on a few of those touchdown drives. So I think I think they're probably a little more focused on that. And, you know, Kyle Trask, I, I don't know. I'm curious your guys' opinion, but does he have one thing that he really is going to just flat out beat you on? Or is he just a guy who knows how to run this offense and do his job? Uh, I think he, like Dan said earlier, he'll, he'll, he'll check down if you have to. One thing Frank struggled with was, was taking what the defense will give you. Uh, Cal will take that. I think Cal holds on to, to the ball too long sometimes. So that's my, the, flaw, the flaw in his game that I think. But as far as a, a, 
he don't have any like uh, tendencies. I don't think. I think he'll spread the ball around. He's a guy that, that just yeah. try to find the open guy, but sometimes he holds it too long. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's perfect for a Dan Mullen offense. Okay, cool. So uh, the spread right now is like 13 and a half, 14, something crazy. What do you think? How do you think this play out? That number is that, that number is bizarrely high. It almost makes you wonder if there's some injury or something that they they know that we don't. Right? That's that, that's right. a pretty ast- astronomical. Yeah. So it's a pretty astronomical line. I, I mean, if if you see a 14, I feel like it's hard not to go Florida there because I mean, you got this this Florida defense is. I would say probably the scariest in college football right now. And then you have a Dan Mullen offense that knows how to, knows how to control some clock, knows how to, knows how to stay in that game. I kind of would have to take the 13 or 14 points, but I do think this LSU offense is, is pretty high powered. And I have, I, I give the edge to LSU to win this game for sure. Can we get a score prediction out of you or? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll go, uh, whew, I'll go 34, 21. So basically I'm saying the spread's pretty perfect. Okay. All right, man. So wh- why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can find you and, and read your stuff? Um, you know, great stuff over at The Athletic. So where can they find you online? And Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me at, at Brody A. Miller on Twitter and follow me at The Athletic, um, theathletic.com. You know, there's usually always an, a promo code going for 40% off. So feel free to, to message me or something like that, and I can set you up with a, a promo code. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Bernie, we appreciate your time. We really love what you guys are doing over there at The Athletic. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how it all plays out on Saturday, but thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. Shout out to good Brody. Stuff. Yeah, good Athletic. Stuff. Real good stuff, man. Um, different tune than last week. I still don't agree with that spread. I think, I think it's a one-possession game. Uh, we're away. We're going into LSU Stadium, so the crowd is going to be a factor. Uh, how we communicate, uh, our offensive line not having penalties, and us playing behind the chains is 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 going to be a concern of mine. What what are your concerns? I just I, the same thing, you know. I, we cannot play behind the chains. Um, we get you know paying back deep in our in our you know in our territory, man. I, I, it's just going to be it's going to be tough, you know, with the crowd noise. I just want our guys to be able to focus. Um, you know, be on the same page. Um, we get on the same page and we, we go up seven and, you know, possibly 10. I, I swear it'll be a different atmosphere. I, it, it, it won't be the same. So, you know, we got to deal with it at first, man, and, and try to get up. Otherwise, that shit going to be nagging all night long. Yeah. Um, I do think I, – I, I like our chances in this game. And I think we can win it uh, because – their weakness is their offensive line is one of our strengths. If we can make them one-dimensional and Joe Burrow got to beat us with his arm and they can't run the ball and the only thing they can do is pass, I like our chances. I like my secondary. Mm, win 31 is that safety. I'm going to go ahead and put that disclaimer out there. I like my secondary. And I don't think he's just going to be able to drop back and have the time and, and, and get comfortable back there, man. We just got to stay in the game and make it. A, and if it's a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, I like my guy. I like Dan Muller over Coach O. We just need to be a one-possession game in the fourth, baby. Yeah, you know, I'm curious to see what LSU defense we get. You know, they gave up a bunch of points to uh, to Texas, and, and I think that Florida has um, just as good, if not better, offense in Texas, you know, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, this is – this is it's going to all come down to, you know, can Florida, you know, force, force Joe Burrow to make the passes that – 
you know, that Brody said that he can make against some really good defensive backs. And this is going to be by far the best, you know, pass defense that, that LSU will have faced, uh, you know, Florida, you know, has dialed back the, the blitzing, it seems like, you know, over the past couple games, you know, if they turn that up and, you know, the offensive line for, you know, LSU is a question mark. Well, it was a big question mark for Miami. It was a big question mark for Auburn. You know, when Florida was able to penetrate, you know, both offensive lines and be able to get to the quarterback and force the quarterback to beat them. And both times they weren't able to do it. Marco's better than he was, you know, at any point this season. Right now he's playing that way. C.J. Henderson's locked down. I love the way that Jonathan Grenard's playing. You get Jabari Zanu coming back. You mentioned Shuler and Dunlap. Uh, you know, the way that they're playing, you know, I really like the way the Florida's defense is playing to a point where they're going to force Joe Burrow to to uh, to beat them in the air. Now, the big thing that Brody brought up is, you know, making sure that you don't let their running backs get the ball past, you know, that that first hit. Right. You know, we need to tackle them. We need to wrap up. You know, we had a good game against Auburn when it came to wrap up tackling. But at the end of the day, you know, Florida's got to make sure that they're strong there because we can't let, you know, that guy get in the second and third level because of missed tackles. Black, what's your concerns? Oh, you, you already said your concerns. You had the same concern as me. Yeah. Uh, how you see it playing out? Score? How you think this, this unfolds? Uh, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. Uh, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I still like us because you know, I mean, like they haven't seen a defense like ours yet. You know, and I don't I don't want to keep harping on that every week, but we you know we got one of the top defenses in the nation. And for for the, the the schedule that they've played so far, um, you know they have put a lot of points up, but they didn't really really play no defenses that well. You know, they let Vandy put up thirty eight on them, you know. And all with due respect to Vandy, right? You know, uh, you know, it's got to be. You know, I don't think they're gonna be able to pass like that. Burrow's not gonna have that much time, and at the end of the day, he's gonna fold. I, I I think that's who he is, but he hasn't had nobody to test that and and, and to make him. I agree. Get in that situation. You know what I'm saying? So we, nobody. I, I, I agree with that, but I, I, I do think he's a guy that will burn us on the back end if our safeties ain't, ain't up if, to the challenge. If we, yes, if we, if we bullshitting in the back end, yeah, Correct. he will. Yeah, he will, but he will torch us on the back end if them guys are not, they're not playing the type of football we need them to play. You know what I'm saying? So they got to come, they got to bring their A game. We're on the road. We need to, we need to keep the crowd out of this game early, you need to create some doubt early. And just stay in it to the fourth quarter. We make it to the fourth quarter. This is a team that hasn't seen themselves beat Florida. You know what I'm saying? So that doubt's gonna creep in. We just gotta get to the fourth quarter, one possession. And I like my chances to do that. Like, like he said, and a lot of these people gotta know that Dan's, Dan's a guy that'll shorten the game. He knows mm-hmm. how to do that, bro. He did that when he beat Florida the first time we played him at Mississippi State. He shortened the game, make keep it one possession, and he gets his shot. And delivers in the fourth quarter, so it don't matter the matchup. I think we he gonna shorten the game to keep it close, regardless. But I think we could beat this team, bro. Like I'm not seeing anything on film that has me besides the receivers. The receivers are crazy, scary, good, and fast. You know what I'm saying? Jamar Chase is, is the real deal. But it's gonna take more than one guy to beat us, bro. And it's gonna take more than one put more than one guy for us to win. You're not gonna beat us with one guy, and we ain't gonna win one guy. It's gonna have to be a good team football on both sides of the football. Whoever wins the game, we're gonna play a better team ball. Yeah, no, I think you, you guys just nailed it. Uh, you know, I think that Florida needs to get out, you know, get off fast. I think that they need to score on that first drive like they had the last three games. You know, I think that Florida, 
is going to be one of the better offensive teams that, you know, LSU's played thus far, you know, right up there with Texas. But I think their defense is, you know, is a lot stronger. And, you know, I really like the way that Florida's been playing defense recently. Like I said, the concerns that we had after the first game, you know, have substantially gotten better, right? You know, you know, with Marco and, you know, the safeties are playing a little bit better. I think we're still, you know, figuring that out a little bit more. Grenard and, you know, like I said, he brings Zuniga back, you know, but at the end of the day, we've got a, you know, position right now where you've got a really strong defense in Florida against a really powerful offense in LSU. I don't want to discount them at all, right? I mean, they've got a great offense. they got the number one offense in the country right now. But I do think that Florida is going to be by far, you know, until they play Alabama, you know, one of the toughest team or the toughest team that they've played on defense, you know, thus far. I really like the way Todd Grantham plays. You know, Florida was able to beat them last year when they shouldn't have probably beat them last year and certainly the year before. So I really like the way the Florida's coming into this game. I think they're coming in hot. You know, they're coming off a big win against Auburn. You know, LSU had a, you know, kind of a weak game against, you know, Utah State last week. So, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, Florida's got to come in strong and they've got to, you know, stay focused. And this is their first you know, real true, uh, you know, I mean, you know, they played Kentucky and they came back. So, you know, this is a, you know, another opportunity for them to, to come in and, and shine and stay focused. But, you know, I like Florida's chances. It's, you know, I'm 50, 50 on this one though. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just see a lot of balls that, that uh, Joe Burrow throw up. Um, and he's a, he's a great quarterback, you know, and they're, they're a great team, a well-coached team. They always are. They have, you know, we recruited some of those guys, but some of those balls that he throw up that, you know, especially last week when he threw five touchdowns or whatever he threw and, and, and he was just throwing, I mean, it was running past the DBs, just running straight by him. And he was just, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't no pretty, you know, throws or he had to throw in between people or nothing, nothing like that. I mean, he was just dropped back and he threw it to more talented receivers. Yeah. The, the passing windows are going to be smaller for him. I just think we're a well-coached team. And we're on like our team is mentally tough as hell. So I'm not worrying about these guys having a problem with that on the road or nothing. I know we're going to come and play football hard for four quarters. I just need us to play mistake free because we're on the road. We can't afford to give this this team turnovers and, and expect our defense to hold because they sure. got the crowd and all that now and, and, and the home energy. So we just need to take care of the ball. Like, we need to take care of Florida. I'm not worrying about anything on LSU sidelines, to be honest. I'm worrying about us shooting ourselves in the foot more than anything. I think we're going to be well coaching and have a game plan to beat these guys. We it's got it. us shooting ourselves in the foot with holding, uh, fumbling, uh, offsides, whiffing on blocks. That stuff we clean up, we good to go. We got to hold on to the football, and we got to win the tournament, too. That, I mean, that's bullshit, man. We've we causing all these turnovers, and then we turn it, turn it over our own self. So it ain't yeah. really no big margin because of that, you know. So um, we got to win a turnover battle. We got to, we gotta, you know, uh, uh, set, make that margin a little bit bigger and, 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 and cause turnovers and, and turn the ball over less. All right. Scores. Yeah, I'm excited. Whew. I said 21-14 last week. Our damn was close. Cam, Cam was the closest last week. Yeah. What do you have? Twenty four fourteen, right? Yeah, he one point off. Yeah. Would you what'd you say, Mike? You said twenty one fourteen for this one too? Uh this one right here. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go twenty 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 four twenty. Gators. Oof. Okay. Let me go thirty one to twenty eight, Florida. 
Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go um, 27-24 Florida. Miss Phil go at the end. They try to tie go at halftime. How about that? Cam, what you got, bro? I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring. Uh, I'm going to go 34-27. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm cu- I, <laughs> I wonder if how Florida does in a shootout, right? It's been a long time since we've seen a Florida shootout. Uh, you know, I don't know if this offense is built to shoot out a team, uh, but I'm here for it. You know, you know, this is a very different team on defense of LSU that we're used to. You know, they're not used to giving up this many points. Uh, you know, but again, you have, you know, the number one SEC defense versus the number one SEC offense. I'm curious to see which part wins out. I'm thinking that defense is going to win out a little bit more than offense, but you never know. I, yeah, ain't, nobody, ain't nobody finna shoot us out, uh, Darren. That's just what I believe. Like, I think, to me, like, if they hit 30-something points, I'm a little upset because I don't think this team could just shoot us out like that. They got talent. But I think Ty Grantham is about – he's with all that. He want, he want all the smoke, bro. I like Ty Grantham's defensive mind. That's my guy. Yeah, I'm, I don't know where this point spread's coming from, though. It's a uh, it seems like a it's lot. Spooky. You know, I, it's spooky. Yeah, it's definitely spooky. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to get this from. Do you think? Do you think Todd Grantham uh, uh, go with somewhat the same game plan last week and, and, and stay rushing four guys and drop and dropping back seven, or what you think? No, I don't no, think. I, I think he's gonna mix it up. I think he's gonna send some pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe that's why we've seen him dialed back a little bit. You know, um, you know, I think that, you know, LSU's offensive line, is there a, a weaker spot for them? Uh, you know, I think, you know, Florida's going to force Joe Burrow to beat them. And, you know, that's going to be the grave that they have to line. You know, they're going to yeah, – I think they're going to throw a lot at Burrow. They're going to make him throw off his back foot. They're going to make him throw on the run. I think that they're going to make – and force him to make a lot of, you know, decisions, you know, quickly. Uh-huh. You know, I think that Florida's going to by far the fastest defense that – you know, they've played the, this, you know, thus far this season. So, you know, if they can do that, then I really like Florida's chances. Where I struggle is if Florida's not able to get pressure and you give Burrow the opportunity to let those plays develop, then, you know, there's some question marks that I have in that safety position that I'm worried that, you know, maybe getting beat over top. I need Zoo to come back hungry, and I'm good. He's, Zoo hungry, along with my man uh, Grenard, I'm good to go. I ain't worried about Nathaniel. Man, Moon been holding it down though. Yeah, Moon but, has been holding it down. Definitely. Moon been hooping, man. So shout out to Moon. Word of the week, Amar. What you got for your boy Dan? Dan, the word of the week. You ready for this one, Dan? You ready? Born ready. Born ready. Mammy. It's Mammy. He, he Mammy. gotta know what that is. Your mom? <laughs> See, he gotta know argue, that. argue with your mammy, Dan. <laughs> what you got to say to Is that your grandma? Wow, it's your mom, man. It's, it's just your mom. mom. I was right the first time. Okay, you didn't you didn't tell me, so I just have to keep guessing. Uh, yeah, country yeah, white people say mammy, bro. I'm, like, yeah, yeah, country white people say mammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes some of they, stuff, yeah, some of the stuff we just get from them. Yeah, so yeah, really, Dan, <laughs> so Dan, really, them photo, pictures weren't Photoshop, Dan. You really, them really your pictures. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, me and the do rag. Uh, me with the do rag. Me with the girl. Damn. My wife. Me with the, uh, with the tattoos. I don't know what, what they expect. A dude with you know with tattoos and, and, and a girl, or you know a regular white guy. Damn. As far as she knows, she knows I don't exist. So I'm excited to see uh, 
you know, what she thinks I, I look like. So we're just going to keep throwing stuff on the timeline. Hey, anybody that does Photoshop, feel free to take any of the photos that we put up, uh, add, you know, additional, uh, you know, tattoos, whatever you guys want to add. I'm here for it. Uh, a lot of it's for Katie, just so we, we keep her on her toes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you exist, dog, so. Uh, gifts and dive in detail. That's all you, my man. Hey, man. all right, Ahmad. Um, we're going to do our, our deep dive with 35. Uh, as always, Sean Gibson uh, and our boy over at Gibson Dive in Detail uh, is sponsoring this segment, 352-514-1486. Again, if you need anything done with boat detailing, underwater hull cleaning, dive recovery, referrals, anything that you need uh, related to your boat, give Sean a call over at Gibson Dive in Detail. Again, 352-514-1486. Uh, so Ahmad, there's a question, and again, we go on we go on Patreon, right? And so every week, go to Patreon.com/slash/JadyMcGale. We look through our messages, and we've asked everybody that's a Patreon member to give us a one question and ask Ahmad. So if you want to ask Ahmad a question, just hit up our Patreon. Um, you know, we'd love your support over there. Again, Patreon.com/slash/JadyMcGale. So this question, Ahmad. It's going to be a unique one for you. So you got to, got to think about this. You know, I think you got to think of all of the different things that could happen. So who are the five Gators that you played with? So during your time from, from 2007, 2011, who are the guys that you played with that you would want on your team in a bar room brawl? Hmm. <laughs> not I'm sure not what even, that question is. Not sure. What I'm not even sure if I want to even answer that shit. Yeah, man. Answer that, bro. That's a good question. What do you mean? You know, we, it, it won't even be no ball. We ain't balling about nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm scrapping. I'm scrapping Chico. We ain't balling. About nothing. <laughs> All right. I'm scrapping, scrapping Tony Jordan. We not, we not scrapping about nothing. Okay. You, know, Jeez. you got, you got an interesting lineup here. Uh, <laughs> okay, Derek Harvey. <laughs> okay. Because Derek Harvey, bro. Urban Meyer said the only person he scared of on our team was Derek Harvey, bro. Out his own mouth, I heard him say that before. All right, I got Dead Harvey. Let me see. Was Aaron Hernandez on that team? Yes, bro. I think Dan was a. I think uh, Urban was a bad judge of character then. Clearly, man. <laughs> uh, all right, let me think of who else. I gotta. I got. I gotta. I gotta rock with my, my man Joe Hayes because we got him. You know, I know he gonna do really? something. Really. Yeah, Joe gonna do something. I didn't know. I didn't know Hayden rolled like that. But yeah, I, I thought Joe's the pretty guy, bro. Yeah, yeah. And I gotta take BJ with me because I seen BJ do some crazy stuff. Not my boy. And, so. and he's and he's a shorter guy, right? So come up a little surprise. Got a little leverage. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, BJ. So, so I got a tough little lineup, man. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't, but we ain't, you know. We got that's, a, that's a hell of a lineup. I, I think after the know, first two, you were. Uh, you're pretty good, but you know we don't, we don't we don't play like that. So you know we just hang we just hang out. We nice guys, so we don't, we don't condone the violence anyway. So, but hypothetically, <laughs> I just ask you. guess of the week for Brian Insurance Financial Services is going to be my man Thomas Goldcamp for two four seven. Gonna come on and kick it with us, talk a little LSU and some recruiting. Anything you need insurance from the panhandle, panhandle to the keys, I'll let my man Greg, 954-589-2204. Again, that's Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured, homes, auto, 
My man Greg got you. 954-589-2204. Big policies, baby. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. For the first time on the show, we got my man Thomas Goldcamp for 247 Sports. Thomas, how's it going, man? It's great, man. How you doing tonight? Hanging out, man. We got LSU this week, so figure we get you on the uh, get your uh, cheer for your team a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I gotta set the record straight right off the bat, man. I hated LSU growing up. I didn't want to go to LSU, so I left the state and went to UF. All right, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, I mean, before we get into the game, last week we had a big weekend and a big commit. Uh, let the people know what we got with uh, Isaiah Walker forced the offensive tackle. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you watch Florida this year. I don't think it's any secret that the Gators need some help on the offensive line. He's one of two guys that they've really been targeting at offensive tackle, you know, with Marcus Dumerville obviously being the other one. Um, Florida's been on this guy for a while. You know, there was some snafus with spelling his name wrong on a recruiting graphic. I think everybody kind of saw that. Uh, but the Gators have done a good job of just staying on him. And, uh, and they really recruited him heavily throughout the process. I think a lot of people kind of saw this one probably coming soon. Uh, but I thought it was cool that, I don't know if you guys saw the video that came out, uh, somebody that was standing down near the field uh, next to Mullen when Walker was there, and it, it sounded like he kind of committed on that video, and it was really cool to see Dan kind of say, hey, you want to be a part of Gator Nation? And, you know, the guy says yes, and then they take a big hug. So, I mean, that's a, that's the spot, you know, looking at Florida's offensive line right now, I think they really only have three tackles on the roster. So the Gators had to get some help, and, you know, Walker's a huge first step in that in that area. Now, we had a big weekend last uh, game, a lot of big-time recruits on campus, a lot of stars. Do you think Dan Mullen's season and the way we're playing is going to help him on the trail going forward? I think absolutely. I mean, anytime you get the kind of atmosphere that the fans created in the Swamp on Saturday, I mean, that's what's been missing at Florida. Um, now, I know that, look, so that, that's kind of a problem in college football in general. You know, uh, the, the, the stadiums just don't feel like they used to. But I, I think Dan Mullen said it after to the team. He said, this is what the Swamp used to be. Then he said, this is what the Swamp is. This is what the Swamp's going to be going forward. And I think, any, I mean, anybody that was in that stadium knows how electric it was. I don't see any way that doesn't seriously, seriously help Florida. Um, you know, maybe, maybe for a lot of these 2020 kids that are already kind of leaning one way or the other, it doesn't help a whole lot. But for the guys that are 2021, and Florida had an absolutely loaded list of 2021 guys, I mean, man, that's, that, that's got to help just a ton going forward. Thomas, how would you, I mean, you know, so there's still a lot of, you know, chips up in the air, you know, with this class, but how would you rank, you know, kind of Dan Mullen's coaching staff when it comes to recruiting and, you know, the way that they recruit and, and some of the ways that, you know, I'm thinking mainly at like, like the offensive line. It seems like John Hevesy is the type of guy that wants to take his guys compared to just these highly mm -hmm. ranked guys, but how would you compare or, you know, what would you say about the, the, the recruiting staff that Florida has right now? Well, I think they're getting better. Um, you know, I think the first class was a little bit disappointing, more more so because of how it kind of panned out. And, you know, you had a couple guys that didn't end up in the class. There were some unforeseen snags. Um, when you look at it and the guys that got in, it, it just came up a little underwhelming. Having said that, I think the biggest thing you can say in favor of Dan Mullen and the way they're recruiting right now is there's not necessarily a ton of gaps on the roster in terms of, you know, leaving spots that maybe need attention. You know, defensive tackle would maybe be the one that you look at. And I think when you look at this 2020 class, um, after really only signing one guy in the past two classes at that interior tackle spot, 
Florida's gone out and they've they've really been aces getting that spot taken care of. Um, so I don't necessarily see any like big holes like kind of you saw with the offensive line under Jim Jim McElwain and, and Will Muschamp. Um, I do think this staff could probably still be a little bit more aggressive. You know, that I don't know that they necessarily have that elite bulldog recruiter type. Um, but like you said, I think Florida Florida does its own evaluations. I mean, there's no question about it. There, there are guys that Florida has liked more than other staffs that have panned out well. And um, I think the proof will be in the pudding. But I was actually listening. I, I wasn't listening. I take that back. Uh, I saw on Twitter today on Feinbaum, um, he kind of made a comment that, um, you know, the, the one thing that's really missing right now at Florida is is the five stars. And Dan Mullen's doing what he's done at Florida. He's gone 16 and three without a lot of five stars on the roster. And if you're in that stadium on Saturday night against Auburn, those are the kind of wins. Those are the kind of games with ESPN's college game band town. Those are the games that start to shift the national perception. And as that starts to happen, right. I think you're starting to see more of these five-star types. So I think a lot of it's going to be Dan Mullen kind of continuing that winning on the field. Um, but I think that they are starting to put the groundwork in to really maybe get back to more of those elite classes. I don't know if Dan Mullen's ever going to be an Urban Meyer type recruiter where you're, you know, you're talking top three every year. But I do think they're making progress. And I think the biggest thing that stands out to me, even if the stars aren't necessarily there, they're hitting all their needs for the most part. Yeah, Thomas, I think Thomas, how do you think this game plays out? Uh, last week was a big week. We got a, a gauntlet of that we got to go through to, to win this SEC East. What? How? How big is this game? How important is, is is this game, and how you think it plays out? Well, I think big picture wise, it's not all that important. Um, and I don't mean to minimize, you know, this game. Obviously, it's a huge game that everyone would love to see Florida go win. Um, but it's an SEC West game. Even if you lose this one, as long as you take care of business at South Carolina. You got a massive showdown against Georgia, and all your season goals are still in front of you. So from that standpoint, I don't know that it's that big. But again, I go back to you know what Florida did against Auburn last week. Those are the kind of games that change national perception, and and really for these recruits, those are those are the games where if you go and win back to back, beat Auburn and then LSU, you start to change the entire perception of the program, and you get you just make that rebuild a little bit quicker. Um, so it, it's a big game in terms of how it plays out. I got to be honest with you, I don't necessarily love the matchup for Florida. And the reason I say that is because I think the reason Dan Mullen's been so effective so far is because he's very good at managing all three phases of the game, and he knows what his team can do and can't do. And I think Florida so far this season has been able to keep games in played in a way that they want to play them. Um, so even with turnovers against Miami and against Auburn, both of those games Florida was coaching from a very comfortable standpoint in the sense that like against Auburn, they had to lead the entire time. So they never felt like they had to press. I think LSU is a dangerous game for Florida because Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback. LSU has some weapons, and you have a very, very tough environment. If LSU is able to get an early lead, I think that changes a little bit. It, it basically changes the dynamic of how Dan Mullen can maybe call the game. Um, I, I thought the key to last week's game, you know, everybody was talking about Auburn's D-line, Auburn's D-line, Auburn's D-line. And I'm sitting over here, and I'm like, Look, dude, if Florida's defense takes care of business, Dan Mullen's good enough of a, of a coach to create some offensive drives where they're going to score points. Um, I think the defense is going to have to play really well against LSU, and I think LSU's good enough that they're probably still going to score some. So to me, this game almost comes down more to the offense and whether or not the offense can start cleaning up some of those sloppy turnovers they've had, You know, whether they can, if, if they do get in a race with LSU on the scoreboard, how good can Kyle Trask be? And I think we're going to start to find out some of those answers this week. 
Hey, Thomas, as a, as a notable LSU fan and, and Homer, and, and obviously I know you're a big <laughs> fan of, of them. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on their defense? You know, um, you know, we've seen LSU be one of the top, you know, 10, 20 defenses, especially under Ed Orgeron over the last, you know, we'll just say past five years or so. But it seems like this year this defense is a little bit different. Uh, they seem to be giving up more plays, uh, definitely giving up more points than their, their, um, you know, they have previously. Do you think Florida can capitalize on that? Um, and if so, how do you think they're they're able to do that? Yeah, I think so. I haven't had a, a whole lot of chance to watch many LSU games yet this year. I saw parts of the Texas game, but uh, I was kind of falling asleep. That was a long weekend. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch more LSU. I'd, I'd really like to see the Utah State game because I know a lot of fans have pointed to that one and said, "Hey, look, they had some success against LSU's D." I know Vandy scored, you know, a lot against LSU. So for me, looking at it kind of on paper and from afar, I think. Um, I think LSU, I would guess, has maybe struggled a little bit with the tempo their offense is running at, and maybe that's why you see the defense struggling a little bit more. Um, obviously, they've had some injuries. You know, Richard Lawrence, if he can't go against Florida, that's going to be a big deal. Um, but they, you know, they get Caleb on Chase on back, um, so that's that's going to be big. I think they're getting healthier um, in certain spots, but the defense, I think, is one area where they're not necessarily fully healthy. You know, they've only got, I think, four cornerbacks potentially available this week. Now, all those guys are individually talented, but when you start to talk about depth and Florida wearing right. on people, that, that I think, can be, you know, something that works in Florida's favor. And I think you're going to see Dan Mullen try to maybe pick on a couple of those guys and really try to wear them out over the course of the game. I don't, I don't think, based on the numbers, that this LSU defense definitely is as good as some of those units you're used to seeing. Um, you know, there's a couple difference makers up front, but I don't know that it's you know, one of these units like 07 where you had a Glenn Dorsey and other guys just absolutely eaten. Um, and, and then the other thing is I think Florida's pass protected well. So you're coming off a game against Auburn. I just don't – I don't see LSU being as disruptive as Auburn was, I don't think. Yeah, and what um, what do you expect from from Todd Grantham? You know, we were talking about a little bit earlier on the, the podcast and we had Brody Miller from The Athletic on. We were talking a little bit about it with him. As we, It seems like, you know, Todd Grantham has dialed back blitzes at least in the last couple games. Do you think that we start to see – you know, more of that against LSU or, or what do you think that Grantham is going to do to try to scheme against, you know, Joe Burrow and, and LSU's offense? Well, I, I think the biggest thing for Florida is Grantham's been able to be more patient and, and not have to dial up blitzes. Florida really last year struggled to get pressure when it only rushed four. And that's why you saw them so aggressive. I think this year you're seeing Florida's getting there with four a lot of the time and he'll still mix in a fifth rusher here and there. But I mean, for the most part against Auburn, Florida was four down guys, and they just basically rotated who the fourth guy was. Uh, it was interesting. We were talking to, to Grantham tonight, uh, really just a couple minutes ago, and he was talking about kind of his defensive philosophy and, and how he likes to approach things. When he's able to get defensive linemen that can rush like that, it's really easy for him to mix up that fourth rusher. And he said that he he really picked up his philosophy from when he was in the NFL and he watched Peyton Manning and just – Year after year, he seemed to struggle beating the Patriots' defense. Like he, he could sit there when people were rushing four down linemen and absolutely shred defenses. But as soon as the Patriots started disguising who that fourth guy was that was coming, Peyton really had trouble. Peyton Manning. Okay, so you're you're talking about college quarterbacks. I think that's an area where Florida is going to maybe probably confuse Joe Burrow a little bit more than he has been. You look at the game last year. Joe Burrow came into that game hadn't thrown an interception all year, and Florida was able to create some confusion for him. Um, so I, I thought you saw it, especially against Auburn, Florida really was only rushing four. there were a couple plays that stood out to me. One was like a corner blitz where Trey Dean comes in and we know at this point that David Reese is pretty limited in coverage. I think Florida's done a good job of hiding when he's in coverage 
They had that that play I'm talking about where, you know, Trey Dean yeah. comes on a corner blitz and, and Reese ends up like sprinting out. But because of the way it was set up pre-snap, you know, uh, Auburn wasn't able to realize that Reese was in man coverage on the slot guy. And you end up getting pressure with four on that play. And I, I want to say it even resulted in a sack. Um, so I, I think those are the things that Todd Grantham's doing. I think a, a huge part of that is just that Florida's defensive linemen have really, really taken a step forward collectively across the board. And they've been able to generate pressure with pretty much four guys. And it's been a lot of different guys that have been having success, too. Hey, Thomas, what defensive player and then maybe, I guess, an offensive player, too, has surprised you this year? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, whew. Defensively, I would probably say Jeremiah Moon has probably impressed me the most, um, just in terms of the the level of jump he's made. Uh, he was a guy that I wasn't necessarily sold on coming into the year, and obviously Florida adding Jonathan Grenard has been huge in that regard because I think it's allowed Moon to maybe step into that pass rushing role without sort of the pressure that he might have had if it was just him. Um, but he's done a much better job, I think, of being physical at the point of attack and really being able to turn plays back inside and set the edge. And I thought that's where he struggled a year ago. So he's probably the guy I think that stands out most defensively. On offense, it's, it's really hard to say because Florida's had so many guys uh, from the skill position standpoint that have had have been good. I mean, you know, I've always felt Josh Hammond was a little bit underrated. But, you know, you look at the game Freddie Swain had last weekend against Auburn. Um, there's so many to choose from. I, I don't know that I have one that really stands out. You know, maybe Kyle Pitts, but I was pretty high on him to start. So I don't know. It's hard to say. Hey, injury and then, wise, I guess. My, go ahead. Injury wise, everybody no, healthy. Just, yeah. That, so you know, if you believe Dan Mullen, Jabari Zuniga should be back this week, and I, I'm inclined to believe him. I don't think that Florida would have wasted a roster spot on him in a game against Auburn where you're limited on who you can dress out if he wasn't pretty close to healthy and he couldn't have played in a pinch. Um, so I'd expect Zaniga back. You know, we'll see throughout the week with Kyle Trask, but he seemed to be feeling pretty good today. Um, and then, you know, most of the other guys that got nicked up this week, Sean Davis, John Grenard, you know, those guys will be fine. And and just because we were recording, I missed, you know, part of it. And I'm not sure if, if Mullen said anything. Did they expect, and, and they might not even say it in the press conference, do they expect Trask to, to maybe go light this week um, to try to, you know, recover as, as much as he can? Or did they talk anything about that? In, no, in the they issue? didn't. They didn't. But my guess would be that he's probably going to practice as is. I mean, those guys aren't taking contact in practice. And I think with a game of, you know, this importance, I don't think you can afford to really dial too much back with him and then how do you expect you know I, I think you know when Emory Jones came in when Kyle Trask got injured played pretty well um, you know what do you expect his role to be against you know LSU this week well, I think it'll be probably pretty similar to what you saw against Auburn you know I, I think he's going to continue to get in there during certain series and look Florida hasn't done a whole lot that's super creative with him yet and I think that's coming at some point I mean you saw the Georgia game last year how they you know, they kind of ran his base stuff and then threw in a wrinkle and dropped a bomb downfield and it looked pretty good. I think you see what Auburn, I mean, you see what Jones did against Auburn last week. You got to be pretty impressed. I mean, he came in and really performed well to the point that, you know, Kyle Trask came back out there and, and Emory still got a full series because they wanted to be 100% on Trask. Um, that's a testament to Emory and the, the kind of work he's put in. And I, I think, I mean, I'm this is a game where I wouldn't be surprised if Florida throws in some kind of trick play wrinkle. Uh, you know, maybe even a two quarterback look or something like that, but he's going to keep playing. I love it. And then what do you, uh, what do you have as a score prediction for this game? Uh, I got to hold, I got to hold my score prediction for later in the week, but, um, 
We won't I, tell anybody. We'll yeah, I know. You guys, Cam, you guys are ragging on me for, for you know, the LSU homer thing. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to end up taking the Tigers in this one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of us were 50-50 on it too. But, uh, man, Thomas, we appreciate you coming on today. Uh, you know, it's, it's always good to chat with you. And, um, you know, we appreciate your stuff. Why don't you tell everybody? I'm sure they know where they can find you. But why don't you tell everybody where they can oh. find you and read all your stuff? Yeah, guys, uh, I want to thank you first for having me on, man. I love the show. Uh, you guys get some absolutely awesome interviews, so I've, I've really appreciated listening to it. But uh, if you want to find my stuff, you can check it out online at swamp247.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Thomas Goldcamp. Uh, I don't necessarily plug my stuff a whole lot, but those are the two places to find it. Yeah, and Amaz, like got the flu or something, bro, so he's a little he's a little shy today with the flu. He's yeah, you sick. I feel uh, <laughs> I hope you feel better, man. I hope you feel better. We got a big game coming up. Yeah, man. So I'm sorry about that. I'm going very quiet. You're good. Y'all have a good one, man. All All right, right. man. Hold it down. Hey, we appreciate it, Thomas. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Sounds good. So let's get into some recruiting talk. Uh, Thomas is not really a heavy recruiting guy, but I do want to talk about uh, Isaiah Walker. uh, Big time commitment. Committed before the game, which which said a lot to me. he could have waited to yeah. see how this game play out and go by energy, but that was a kid that was going to commit regardless. He showed up to commit. He, he had already committed in his mind, so it was something everybody, everybody was expecting. A lot of big names on campus. Emmett Smith was with Junior. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a – uh, he's great. I mean, he's a good running back. You know, I know that Florida is, you know, needs a running back. Um, they might – heck, even might even need two. Uh, you know, I like him. You know, I, I know that there's – he doesn't talk a lot. Uh, he doesn't tip his hand. We don't really know what he's going to do. Um, but you have to imagine that he loved the atmosphere. He loved the fanfare, uh, you know, that his dad got when he was on campus. And, um, you know, we don't really know. You know, he's he's a guy that's up in the air. But, you know, Florida really needs a running back, and he's a, he's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of good reviews. Doomerville was on campus. He sent out a tweet as well. Uh, enjoying his visit with his family, was on campus a couple of days with, with a lot of the guys. So it was a it was a successful weekend with getting guys on campus. One big commit, yeah. and we'll see how it goes going forward. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a couple of guys. I'm um, gonna give a shout out to my boy Andrew Spivey for some of this information. So I appreciate him from Gator Country. But uh, you know, Florida had I think he's five star Darnell Washington, the tight end. Um, you know, Florida. Um, is trying to recruit him in, in that very similar position that they've played Kyle Pitts in. And I think if you're a tight end, and I think D Beckwith is kind of the same way, that if you look at the way that Kyle Pitts is playing, you've got to be at least interested, even if you weren't before. And I'm not saying it's enough to sway you, but you know, I think that there's a lot of reason to look at the way Kyle Pitts is playing and be like, wow, you know, that's going to be a, uh, a position that I can do well. I know that he's looking at Georgia. Uh, as well, I think Georgia is, still has the lead. I think that Georgia ultimately is going to get him, uh, but I think the Florida has been recruiting him really well. Um, Desmond Evans uh, was on campus, uh, going to be setting up an official visit to uh, to Gainesville. So uh, they're competing heavily against North Carolina for that one. Uh, like you said, Silk Marcus Dumerville was on campus, had a good uh, another good weekend. I think it's him and LSU or uh, Florida and LSU for him. And then uh, D Beckwith uh, was on campus. You know, Florida's competing against Kentucky for that one. I think that Florida's in a good position to get him if they want him. Uh, Zacavius Walker, um, you know, guy that Florida had on for an official visit, uh, you know, still a, a big Georgia um, a Georgia commit, right? So I think that Georgia's going to ultimately still end up with him. But getting him on campus is the, the first thing. 
And then, uh, you know, Tim Smith, uh, Jack Clays Robinson were on campus. Um, you know, a bunch of, like Thomas said, a bunch of 2021 guys, uh, Savion Collins, uh, Leonard Taylor, Bryce uh, Langston, uh, Trevante Rucker. So a lot of, a lot of huge names on campus this week. So, you know, Florida hasn't had a great home schedule yet. Uh, so this was their first big one and they absolutely blew it out of the water. So for all, for all accounts, it was a, a great weekend for Florida. Very good weekend. Uh, we'll see how it goes going forward. Florida State is, is another big weekend for a lot of the commits uh, or, or recruits, I meant. And we'll see how big that weekend is. It's not going to be as big a game. We're not going to have game day in the, in the building because everybody knows FSU is cheeks at this point. So we won't, we won't have that type of atmosphere. But it's a big day, and a lot of those guys that are in between Florida Florida State get to see us, Molly Watt, Willie, on, on, on our field. So that would be nice. Good show, fellas. Amai, you okay, baby? I know, you know, you hear my voice? That shit is like oh, nasty, bro. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, you got to get on some vitamins. You went from, I was hyped. Went from here to zero real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I should sound like I'm about to die over this. It's all good, dog. Get better. Get you some vitamin yeah. C and whatnot when we get off of here. Uh, who got the song this week? Uh, I do, of course. Um, I better get some little boosie then. Little oh. Boosie. I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, Man, since we're... Oh boosie know that, 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 no, uh, no, 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 no. We're, so uh, we're going to go... We're going to go to the ninth ward. Um, I didn't even think about that <laughs> in, until... Um, so we're going to go to the ninth uh, ward. Um, so growing up... I mean, we've, t- we've talked a lot about this in the past. But when I was like... I think I got introduced to the hot boys and like Lil Wayne, Juvenile, BG, Turk, the rest of them. I just named all the hot boys. So whatever. Uh, But anyway, so like when I was in like sixth grade, seventh grade. So from like then until like I was like 20, 21, like that's all I listened to. So, um, so the Carter, the Carter three, very, very, uh, one of my, one of my favorite albums of all time, but I'm going to go with the Carter five. Uh, so the new one from, from Lil Wayne last year, um, just because it's Louisiana, so we're gonna play "Can't Bro, Be this Broken." This is the longest. This is the longest song selection ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm, I'm you building it up. Was you talking yeah. about? I'm telling you, I'm, I'm yeah, about to get to wrap it up. I need to wrap it up, box, bro. The wrap it up machine, bro. Wrap it up, bro. I think he finna. I think he finna do something like like 500 degrees, and he go all the way to the Carter Five. I go all the way. I advance packs. You know, the drought. The drought is over. All of them. So we're going all the way to the Carter Five. We're gonna play "Can't Be Broken" because I think that Florida is gonna. I don't think Florida's broken this week, so we go "Can't Be Broken" by Wheezy. After that long ass story, then I want you to rap it for me, bro. Come on, man, rap that, perform that. No, no, no. Uh, I'll leave it up to the professionals for this one. I may look like a rapper on Twitter. <laughs> Already. Already. Hey. Appreciate y'all for pulling up the stage. Hey, Dan, yeah, man. Dan, you got to be there for Halloween, Dan. I'll be there. I'll be at Florida, Georgia, baby. You got to you gotta, you gotta put a do-rag on. All right. I'll even tie it in all in front of everybody. <laughs> Good time, fellas. <laughs> you too, trying to see how to do it. Hey, I'll see you guys next week. You know, the best part about being 6-0, right? Hey, 7-0, baby. Let's do it. I'll see you guys next week. Yep.
Break. You cannot break down what can be broken. 